Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Meredith and I are here, ready to tell you some shit about the shit your teenagers won't tell you. <laughs> and Potato. Potato's here. Oh, yeah. Potato's here with us today. Special guest star, Potato. Live in the studio. Live in the studio. My five-month-old puppy. <laughs> so we thought we would talk about something that I get a lot of questions about. When people ask me what I do for a living, <laughs> I say, I coach teenagers. And the next question usually is, what sport? Oh, <laughs> that's oftentimes the next question I get. What sport? I was like, oh, no, um, not definitely not sports. Not sport ball. <laughs> not sport ball for me. <laughs> not for you. <laughs> I was a cheerleader. Cheerleading, yoga. I could coach you teenagers could coach and those things for sure. But no, no, no. No, no, no. Kathy Chen, what is teen coaching? Life coach extraordinaire. And I, and I try to explain to parents. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a life coach for teenagers. And they're like, oh, <laughs> say more. Say more. What does that entail? And then I say, well, we do a combination of life coaching, academic coaching, and college coaching. So helping teens life. develop. Yeah, <laughs> teens with life. Helping teens develop a stronger sense of themselves, growing their self-awareness around their strengths, challenges, things that are getting in their way, mm -hmm. helping them clarify their goals and how to reach them, helping them understand the college admissions landscape, if that's one of their goals, helping them... Be more confident, feel better about themselves. And once I tell that to parents, they're like, sign me up. <laughs> they're like, man, I wish I had you when I was a kid. Dude, I wish we had, I wish I had me and you. Um, Potato is going off right now. Potato wishes. Sorry, everybody, if you hear a little grumblies in the background. He's like, I wish I had one too. <laughs> so one of the reasons I actually started Village is because I wanted to be the adult that I needed when mm. I was a teenager. Like, who did I need? What kind of advice did I need? I needed somebody to tell me my business that was not my parents. Mm -hmm. Because they just were not going to reach me. Yeah. We had so much conflict in our relationship. And... My immigrant parent, we even had language barrier, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, my immigrant parents raising this very American daughter with American values. We just had so much conflict and we did not speak each other's languages. Yeah. And I just wanted to be that adult that I really needed as a kid. Like, I needed somebody to be like, bro, you're going off the rails. <laughs> like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Right. And I didn't really have that. And teenagers, kids, I mean, humans, we all need it, but particularly during adolescence. Yeah. Teens need a caring, trusting adult in their life that isn't their parents. That isn't related to them. Or it could be related, but not their parents. Not their parents. Who's like, what's going on? Let me hear you. Let me hold space for you. Let me reflect for you what I'm seeing. Let me hug you and support you. Yeah. Right. So that's what we do. And the next question is, how do you do it? <laughs> it is funny when to watch the play of emotions cross people's faces when they realize that we spend a large, we have actually made the choice to devote our professional careers to hanging out with Teenagers. Teenagers. 
especially if they have their own teenagers and they're like, I can barely deal with the one I got that like I made. And you do this on purpose. I know, but I love them. I love them too. They're yeah. great. It's a really cool. Teenagers are fascinating to me. They're really interesting and they're really compelling. They're they're smart. They're smart little people. Yeah, and I, I just I love working with teenagers. Well, that's why you're good at what you do is because you love them. I do. I genuinely love even the ones who are a pain in the ass. I'm like, I love you, but you're a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you have to be good at it. You have to love them. You have to. You have to. You and have to love because them. Because they can also – they can smell fear. <laughs> they oh, can, and hypocrisy. And hypocrisy. And they can they, – they will know. If you don't like them, they they know. They're like, oh. We're not we're not getting along, are we? So this episode is really about kind of peeling back the curtain on what what we do all day. On what we do all day with the teen coaching. I love that. Yeah. So do you want to answer that question, Meredith? Which one? The how. Like so what we do and do you think is there anything you want to add to the things that we do? Like what teen coaching is? And my next but question I was would how. Add, yes. Um, I think you mostly hit the nail on the head. When people ask me, sort of frame it as helping young people acquire an enduring toolkit. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's concise. Which is not always my strength, but can be. I think that toolkit, right, sometimes – the work that we're doing is pretty pragmatic. It's a related to academic work or college, the college admission process. But I think what you and I and the other coaches of the village honestly find most and probably more compelling is that those pragmatic pieces are are part of a deeper, are part of deeper work. We're really trying to grow, I think, this innate sense of capacity to meet life's joys and triumphs, but also its challenges and its moments of suffering with intention, with clarity on your values, with purpose, because I think that's the stuff. I think those are the ingredients of a well-lived life. Mm -hmm. And so I say we're trying to grow good humans and we're trying to build skill. Mm -hmm. That's another very important one. Yeah, because there's plenty of outfits. I mean, I think, you know, to be clear, right, when Kathy approached me about working or when I we talked about working for Village, I had left schools and I, I would not be a college counselor or an academic counselor just nope. for anyone, right? A period. Like, it's not something – I mean, if I wanted to go be a private college counselor, I could. I could probably make a lot of money. I've been doing it a long time, but – well, how boring for me personally, because, you know, you and I both share a lot of, and I think that other coaches at Village would heartily agree, this sort of fundamental devotion to the work of helping young people grow into healthy, purpose-filled, resilient adults. And maybe that's because, obviously, of our own experiences of growing up. You know, it took me till I was like in my late 30s where I was like, maybe the reason I think like in therapy, I was like, maybe the reason I like working with teenagers is because I had such an awful adolescence. And and my therapist was like, ding, ding, ding. Really? You're like, you just figured that you out. You just figured that out. <laughs> Woman with a therapeutic graduate degree. I'm like, do you think that's possible? <laughs> Daniel's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Duh, lady. Anyway. So many therapists become therapists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we do it? How do we do teen coaching? Well, I would say it's different. I would say the work that I, I'll speak to myself because yeah. I think that's something all of us, I, I often tell when we have coach match meetings and I meet with a student who I know is meeting with multiple coaches at Village, I will say to them, listen, coaches are like shoes. Some are going to fit you better than others. So you have to find the style and the sort of personality that you connect to, that you feel like you can trust, that you feel like you can work with. For me, I probably center... My style is sort of curious, humorous. I play a lot in meetings, but we get good work done. And I'm kind of, I think you and I are probably lean more on the no-nonsense side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. How I approach the work is unique and the same, meaning that, and first 
couple of meetings, I'm trying to identify what are we doing here? You know, what are the goals? Yep. What do you want? And so that inquiry looks similar, right? But the what they respond is always different and therefore will necessitate a different approach. So let me pause there. I think that it's about building skills and habits. So, and helping them meet goals and helping them figure out a greater sense of identity and self. But like how we do that is really personal and customized. It's really different. And it's really different kid to kid. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to explain to parents. Like they're like, can you show me your curriculum? And I'm like, well, we got a lot of tools that we use and a lot of worksheets and a lot of conversation starters. Like we've got all sorts of things. Okay, I'm going to look up my schedule. I literally am pulling up my phone. And I'm going to look at the kids of last week. And I'm going to try to make this more real because I realize we're talking too conceptually. Well, and I would say while you're looking up your schedule is that at the heart of every successful coaching engagement is trust and relationship. And absolutely, it's relational. It's deeply relational. Deeply. if you if we can't build a relationship with the kid that we're coaching, we're just not going to be. We're not effective. We're not going to be effective. And I think oftentimes when parents, I think people can underestimate how important that is. Right? It's it really is. If you don't have the relationship, you got you got nothing. <laughs> You can't motivate a kid. Rapport is transformative. When yeah. you establish rapport, it's transformative. And when a, a kid trusts you that they they believe, because I think all of our students, it's funny, you did some feedback where you asked students about their experiences. And I think, I don't think every student would say about me, for example, as their coach, like, I always loved everything Meredith said to me about myself. Uh, no. But I do think they would all pretty universally say, but I know that she's she cares about me. Mm-hmm. I know and trust that she really does have my best interest in mind. And, mm-hmm. and that's because we've built relationship and rapport. Now, some kids are really trusting right away. And so you can kind of just dive into the work. Maybe the work is we need to really work on procrastination or we have – a low self-image or we have body image issues and we just, we can kind of go there right away. For other students, I might know that we really need to have a lot of intense work around coping strategies and anxiety, but like this kid doesn't trust me yet. So we'll spend the first part of our engagement just building that trust. Yep. Before we get into the work. You Um, have to. You have to. I mean, it's like any important relationship, right? You can't, why would I expect a student to sort of tell me all of their, yeah, to confide in me about things that are challenging them in their life if they don't know, like I'm just some random yeah lady to them? Well, and it's interesting because I think for us, we're so used to doing that because we've worked in schools and we've been deans and we've needed to be, Yeah, we can do it fast. We have to do it quickly. Yeah. Because parents are like, well, shit, I don't even have rapport with my kids. <laughs> you can have rapport with my kid. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I do think it's hard for me to put my finger on why it's easy for me. But I think it's That's not hard for me. It's not for you? Well, cuz in my head, uh-huh. I was I was thinking, well, what makes it different? Yeah. And I think that why kids will trust you and kind of buy what you're saying is because you don't bullshit them. Yeah. And you often, and you make them laugh. Yes, I also make them laugh. And I I don't, and I think this is true for all the coaches. It's a deadly combo. It's a deadly combo. (laughs) We don't, we don't baby them. We don't infantilize them. We don't, we straight talk. We're like, yeah, you know, I believe that you know what you're talking about. And I trust that what you're telling me is real and true. Yeah. And I'm going to empathize and listen and be open to what you're going to tell me. And- over time, kids are like, oh, this is different. M- Meredith believes me. Yeah. She listens to me. She really hears what I'm saying because she'll reflect it back to me. And I'm like, yes, that is how I feel. Thank you. I mean, I think parents, if you ever want to like feel really good, be a witness to some village coach staff meeting because we're all very skilled listeners. And I think that is a huge 
huge thing with teenagers, right? And so that's why it's fun for us. Like it's, you know, it's like part of why you and I are best friends. It's like why I love when I'm on a call with Susie, right? Like I know that when, if I'm trying to work through a problem with like, let's say one of our, one of our clients, I, you know, it it works on adults too, right? Like I trust all what you all are telling me because you're really, it's obvious that you're really trying to understand. I think that's the key, the Mm -hmm. operative word. I think what makes how we teen coach, if that's a way to say that, is we work really hard to understand the kid in front of us. Yep. And we are genuinely, genuinely curious. Super curious. Yep. We are genuinely, genuinely curious about their experience, their yeah. feelings, their thoughts. Like, and they tell can sense me it. more, <laughs> please. Like, interesting. Has that ever happened to you before? Is that new for you? Is that something that you learned growing up? You know, like, I really am curious to understand. Like, I really want to understand their experience so that I can help them. And I think they sense that. They're like, oh, this person's not a bullshit, right? Like, no, they actually are taking the time to know me. Mm-hmm. And we all do better when we're known and seen and heard. And I think as a, as a, as a group in our culture, adolescence is often vilified and minimized. The experience of adolescence is often minimized as, oh, they're just being a teenager or they're hormonal, they're hormonal or, oh, this will get better. And, and teenagers are subject to that all the time. And they even, they internalize that with one another and with themselves all the time. And so when I think when they encounter an adult, especially an adult who doesn't have the baggage, right? Parents have, the entirety of their history with their child since mm. since utero, we don't have that. So we're fresh. I'm like, I'm not questioning what you're saying to me because of that time in fourth grade yeah. when you lied about the yeah. same thing, right? I'm not bringing any of that bias into this conversation. You're a blank slate to me. Yep. And I think that that- We withhold judgment. Allows for a lot of really transformative work. When you think about teen coaching and you're, you're trying to explain the process because it's so individualized, what are the topics that you do find that you're talking the most about or that you're covering ground around the most? Mm. Well, one of the, a few things. I try to help teens discover their strengths. Like, mm-hmm. what are you good at? Like, what do you find engaging? Like, where do you find yourself losing track of time getting really absorbed, going into your, you know, whatever tunnel, your, your flow state, <laughs> your flow state. When does that happen for you? What do you struggle with? What's really hard for you? Has it always been hard? Mm-hmm. Is it harder now than it used to be? What changed, right? So trying to help them like understand the pivotal points in their life where like something shifted for them that they may not be aware of and be like, let's be curious about that. What do we think happened there? And what lessons did you learn? And what kind of mindset has grown from that? Mm -hmm. Values. That's a big one. That's huge. What are your values? Please buy a set of villages value cards and do the value sort with them. I do that with all of my teenagers. Like what, what do you really value and actually show them like once I get to know teen well mm-hmm. one of the things I love to do is like look at you you're using this strength look at you living this value totally right and showing them that they're doing it. and they're like oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am living that value okay let me show you where I don't think you're living that value as much like you're not showing up a hundred percent right in this way for this thing right and I bet you would feel so much better if you did right I think values are huge. We spend a lot of time talking about procrastination. <laughs> yeah, we do. Organiz- like, and everything on that wheel, right? Executive organization. Function, yeah, wheel. executive function skills, <laughs> organization, time management, time prioritization, procrastination. Which, Deleting your emails. But so often, <laughs> but so often that belies, I think, the other stuff that we end up talking a lot about, which is anxiety, self-consciousness. We end up talking a lot about mental health. So much. So much mental health. So much. And we end up referring out, you know, we end up referring and sort of augmenting, you know, because we're not clinical therapists, augmenting the work that we do 
with recommendations for therapy. Therapy or neuropsych evaluations. Yeah. Like we think maybe something else is going on. Let's find out. I've had a lot of kids do neuropsychs recently who have come back with no learning differences, but high anxiety. Yeah. Which can mask, mask itself. That's all kinds of things. Right. It's also interesting because I think we spend time just, I don't know how to say this. It's related to everything Kathy just said, but there's a lot of times where we just spend talking about like life. Mm -hmm. I would say, and I assume you get this too, I end up getting a lot of, there's a lot of relationship inquiry. Like, how do I date? How do I say I like this person? How do I break up with someone? That Do you get I get a lot of that. I get it. I'm not inviting it necessarily, <laughs> but it's coming. I get it sort of peripherally. Like, I will get it like, oh, yeah, there's something – there's a hard thing that's happening right now. And then you and it doesn't have to do with school. Pull. And yeah. I was like, oh, does it have to do with yeah. a relationship? <laughs> yeah. Then you have to play 20 questions. Yeah. And then they're, and they're like, like, yes. <laughs> like they, most kids aren't starting with, I had a fight with my boyfriend and I'm really upset about no, it. No, they're not starting that yeah. way. But I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with this. So I have a couple of students that I've worked with now. We're in our third year. You have a couple of students that you're like in their fourth or fifth or sixth year. Those kids are. Those kids are like, I've had a student once text me while in the car with their significant other who was in the back seat and they were in the front seat and they were driving home from a like a ski trip and they were in a fight and they were texting me like, what? we're fighting right now and she's saying this and what should I, and I was like, and I didn't see it until late, like later. And I was like, okay, in the future, <laughs> let's talk about presence. Let's talk about being present in a conversation. And if you're not sure what to say, <laughs> how you can not say anything and come back to it at another time and what you should say to buy yourself some time instead of real time t texting me, expecting that I'm going to, you know. Coach you through the moment. What's the French guy? That you were the the which one? Read my read my mind. Come on, <laughs> Roxanne, the one in the bushes is staring at the picture. <laughs> the the French guy in the bushes. I was like, Cyrano, got gotcha. See, I knew it. I knew you would know. I knew it would take under five seconds. I was like, what's his name? Uh, yeah, that's how I felt. You're like, okay, say this. <laughs> I had a little girl text me. One of my little middle middle schoolers text me from a party and say. Oh, um, I'm feeling really like, she had some like social anxiety. I'm feeling kind of anxious. I don't know yeah. what to say. And I was like, remember what we talked about? <laughs> and she's like, okay, okay. People like to talk about themselves. Ask them questions. I'm like, yes. And if you get nervous, just say you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I mean, I think that's something that – so sometimes the work that we do is in between meetings where we're checking up on students – Hey, how'd that test go that you, we knew you were really nervous about or, or that kind of situation? Since all of us have spent a lot of time in schools, we're very boundaried with our, with yeah. our clients and talk about that a lot and talk yeah. about that with their parents a lot. I think we bring, you know, a lot of humor for sure. We laugh with our kids a lot. We laugh a lot, which is great for everybody. Absolutely. And it's, it, it makes them, it humanizes us. It makes the relationship not feel like Every meeting, every minute, we have to be serious and working, working, working. Like, we can laugh about stuff and you can show me some goofy thing that you're working on and, like, this funny meme that you just saw that you're laughing about. Like, yeah. haven't you heard of this, Kathy? I'm like, no, I've never heard of that before. You haven't? It's 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 a really famous meme. We're I'm like, like it, we're I'm old. old. <laughs> so, no. oh, let me show it to you. And then they pull it up and they screen share and they want it. So we do that. Yes. But I also think that we, as coaches, are really helping kids feel like what they're going through is normal. Mm -hmm. And helping Sharing. them make sense of what they're going through. I think yeah. we're mirrors a lot. You know, in, in coaching sessions over time, I'm tracking – there's, the, there's the, the content of what we're talking about meeting to meeting, which changes and varies. But then there's this other level of work where I am – 
mm, keeping sort of this high altitude inventory of what's showing up thematically mm-hmm. with, a, with a client. And just the other day, I sort of like ran an inter, you know, not an intervention, it's too strong of a word, but I've been working with someone, this is very common, you know, on the real things that need attention around time management and procrastination. And yet in these conversations, and maybe this is because you and I have just been working with kids for so long, you know, when your little educator alarm bells start going off, Mm -hmm. right? And so those started going off for me pretty early and working with this student and I have something that I was like just watching mm-hmm. for a while, for like a semester mm-hmm. until I felt like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And there's more of a, another issue that we need to address here. Mm-hmm. That's a little more serious. And so that, I think that's the other thing that parents could understand about teen coaching. It's like having another set of eyes on your kid. Yep. And we notice a lot of things yep. about the clients that we work with beyond what we happen to be discussing in a particular meeting. That's one level of work. And then there's a higher altitude level of work that's going on at all times. And we're bringing it to parents' attention that something that they may not, because they don't have the same sample size that we've had in our careers, Correct. that we can kind of look at that thing and be like, oh, that's a that's, thing. That's something. Or at least, right. or at least we know, I know pretty darn fast in working with a client if there's a thing that I need to be watching more carefully. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. I, I don't always know if I'm right yet, but I can tell Oh, we're supposed to be having meetings about college counseling, Mm -hmm. something very predictable. You know, college counseling is like not hard for us because it's, it's, it's kind of same stuff, different characters. But in that, in those meetings where we're talking about, you know, how to build a list or testing calendar or whatever, I can tell how they're answering those questions. I was like, oh, we got something else going on here Mm -hmm. that I need to be keeping my eye on. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about coaching is that we are parenting partners in some way and that we can help parents, you know, bring something to parents' attention that needs their attention and also like, here's what I'm seeing and here's... I'd like you to keep an eye on it and yeah. hear some conversations I'd like you to have. Yeah. And this happened recently. I had a, I have a kid who I think needs to be in therapy. Yeah. And he, and I told his parents that uh-huh. in a separate meeting. And I was like, I really think he should be in mm-hmm. therapy. And his parents were like, okay, we'll talk to him about it. But he's been very resistant in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so at our next meeting, I was like, hey, you know, I talked to your parents. And I'm just wondering, did they have the conversation with you about looking into therapy, trying out a few sessions? And he's like, no, I don't need therapy. I don't. Why would I do that? That's so dumb. Like he was so pushing back on it. He was just like, no, 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 I don't need it. I don't need mm-hmm. it. And then over the course of that one session, I was like, well, here's kind of what I'm seeing and what mm-hmm. I'm thinking and why I'm worried. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the session, he was like, okay, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, see, that's the beauty of coaching. That is the beauty of coaching. <laughs> because they trust us. Because yep. they know that you're not bullshitting them and you're not coming at it. Like we can change our minds quick. The other thing is – I, and I don't mean for this to come across as some kind of as hu- either hubris or like self-promotion for village, but it's just, it's like going to have a knee replacement done by an orthopedist who only does knee replacements. They they know what they're seeing in a different way because it's like all they've seen. And I think for us, we just have an enormous amount of experience seeing a lot of different manifestations of adolescence. And so many. So many. I am I am not surprised. You cannot, I don't think you can really surprise me. I mean, I have we have dealt with, I have dealt personally with the most extreme, awful things you could possibly imagine when it mm-hmm. comes to adolescence. And the best things, the lightest things, the fun, the most fun things and everything in between. 
and multiple times over Mm -hmm. with probably at this point thousands of children. So I think there is real value in being able to work with someone who's just seen something way more Mm -hmm. than you have because you can just like clock it faster. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, and and this is all to say, this is why we don't have a curriculum. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to do this episode because mm, I think. Because you get asked that a lot. I, ask that, I guess I get asked that, well, what's interesting? What modalities, like what kind of tools are sure. you using? What kind of curriculum are you using? What plan do you have for kids? And I'm like, the plan just looks so. So different. Different. But for every kid, we have to establish rapport, trust, respect. Like. Those things have to happen before we can move on to the work. And I think it's important to say that there is a lot of process. There is a lot of tools. There are. Worksheets. I have a therapeutic graduate, like practices that we incorporate. like Interventions. Right, like cognitive distortion talks, you know, things that we do a a lot. lot of tools. But when we do them and how we do them and how often we do them really looks different. Because every kid kid is different. Right? Yeah. Adolescents don't show – I mean, they show up with a similar set of challenges, but the way they present in kids, when they present in kids, how – like, that, it just looks so it's different. It's so different. And yeah. it's volatile. They're they're developmentally volatile, right? Like, they're they're growing at such a rapid rate that you, you kind of – you need to be agile and adroit in dealing with adolescents to be effective, I believe, while still grounding your practices in – philosophical principle kind of guidelines, right? So that's why I think at Village, we talk so much about values. We talk so much about purpose, about joy versus happy, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're basing... I mean, it's research-based, It's right? research-based. We, 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 I was just going to say... We read stuff. We, <laughs> <laughs> we read stuff. We read stuff. We went to we school. We went to grad school. <laughs> you, know, you know, it really is... It's not all just a feel. It's not, it's not and it's not just all a pep talk. It's not just all like no, uh, agreeing, like, yes, yes, you feel sad. I get you it. You can definitely I get it. ask I get it. both, I think, <laughs> clients of yours and mine if we – they always feel like we are giving them a pep talk. And I bet a lot of them would say, no. <laughs> Kathy did not give me a pep talk. <laughs> what I would describe my meeting with <laughs> Meredith last week as a pep talk is not – those would not be the words I would choose. Yeah. She kicked my ass. <laughs> I know. And so coaching is actually not right for every kid. So let's be clear. Actually, why don't you clarify that? Who do you think it is right for and when is it right? And that's a good that's a good point. It's not right for every kid. It's not the best fit for every kid. If a kid is profoundly depressed or anxious, like they need a therapist. Yeah, you have to get they, them sort of clinically sound, clinically yes. stable. Yes. To to do the work. To be able to actually engage in coaching in meaningful ways. Yeah. You have to have a willing participant who hasn't been coerced, right? Like if you don't do this, then you don't get to drive <laughs> yeah. or no more X. You can't do that. It yeah. doesn't work. You need a kid who they have to be willing and open. Like, you know what? I feel like my life could be better. <laughs> I feel like there are things that aren't working for me. Yeah. I don't think families who work with us for college coaching – really buy into this philosophy that being the best version of you is going to be the best for you applying to college right. and beyond. Right. So you have to have that. So there kids, has to be philosophical alignment. And yeah, hundred percent. Sure. You can't have a kid coming in. Who's like, you're going to tell me what to do so I can get into Columbia. Well, I mean, we probably, you wouldn't accept them as a client. Right. We would be like, that's not, that's not what we do. That's not what we do here. And we have had kids who are like, okay, <laughs> we have had kids who are like, wait, I thought you were just going to tell me what to do. I was like, oh, no, your parents didn't explain properly. <laughs> you're going to tell me what you're going to do to get yourself into Columbia. And I'm going to listen and help you and support you right. in doing those things. But no, I'm not assigning you tasks <laughs> to, yeah. to get make yourself a better candidate. I'm not going to I'm not going to be the person who says you need to go do a research project in the summer with a professor at Stanford. But will we have a conversation about what is the role of summer and how what are some of your ideas yes. for how you can deepen your interests interests or skills that matter to you or stretch yourself to grow in a new way? Yes, yes. we will talk about that. And the kid who's like, "Oh, I don't want that. Not the right fit for us." Like kids are like, "Oh, that's too much work." You have to be, you have to be. It is work. It is. It's a hundred percent work. It's hard because it requires you 
to have an opinion about what you're doing. Because we're not tutors. Like, you know, I think of like the difference between like an academic tutor and what we do, nor are we sort of straight up college counselors in the way that that can mean. Because tutors would be like, okay, this is how you do this kind of math problem. Okay, now let me watch you practice that a bunch. Yep. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't we're do not that. prescriptive and we're not transactional. We are not. In fact, I think we're very purposely open-ended because we know that that is getting kids into that proximal zone of development. Yep. That is something I would say is you have to be comfortable with people who really understand adolescent development. Because I should have said this earlier. Like, like because we're going to call you out? Is that what you mean? No. What oh. I mean by that is that. There are things I will not do as a coach because I know them to be developmentally inappropriate. Oh, I got gotcha. And so I, how I do teen coaching is really rooted in where I under- understand a deep yeah, understand. academic understanding of adolescent development yep. Yep. and everything kind of, that is really like the nucleus of a lot of what I do. Yep. Absolutely. And you I think, that I think expertise. that is part of why. We talk about, oh, like, you know, we'll hear in sort of these flip ways. Oh, you guys just get kids, get kids. Like, no, we've really studied adolescent development. And like when you really study it, you learn how interventions need to be adjusted or modified or refined to fit that demographic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we laugh a lot. (laughs) And, you know, we laugh a lot. Is there anything that you would add about kid, like what kind of student is a good fit? for the type of coaching that we do? Like for me as a coach or just coaching? It's funny because I tend to like working with, I was trying to think of along like age range, like demographics, like do do some of us oh, work boys better with boys, boys versus girls or younger kids versus older kids. I think my area of expertise, like I think the sort of middle school, I think there's other coaches at Village, for example, who would be better with like a fifth grader or a sixth grader than I would. Although I have a seventh grader now and I love it. It's so fun. And she's great. Me too. She's amazing. I'm like, well, you're so cute. <laughs> um, and it it's, so, it's, it's like a lovely relief from like all say, of my it's kind of refreshing. tortured like 11th yeah, graders. It's kind of refreshing to get a little, a little middle school. Oh, it's the best. They're like, you're so cute. I'm like, <laughs> let's just try to set our like hit snooze less and you know let's put our dishes in the sink and then the next week how how'd I go with putting your dishes in the sink I did great I'm like that's great (laughs) so nice it's so straightforward they're not all like that I think someone who is it's interesting because you talk about willingness I've had a lot of coach match meetings where it's obvious to me that the kid is not willing initially they have a lot of bias and stereotype about what the heck we're gonna do and also like how adults are and how adults are yeah and so I don't always need that as a prerequisite because I'm pretty confident in most cases I can get them there. I can get them to understand that this isn't what they worry it's going to be. Yeah. I think someone who cares about how they're moving through their life mm-hmm. and that, you know, it has a little bit of capacity. And that's a hard ask for a teenager because they're just so in the present who wants to think about who they are on some level. It's some maturity. It's a maturity thing. It's easier for me to answer the who isn't a good fit. And I think I've worked students who are very transactional, mm-hmm. not a great fit, so especially not for me. Um, not for village. Not for village. Kids who are super transactional. That's that's not Because good. they're going to want us to just tell them the things they need to do. I mean, we don't, I don't, do I can't think of a kid like this, but I could imagine a universe where a kid who's like really disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I've never. Obstinate. Had, but not even obstinate, just disrespectful. I don't, and I, I've not had any of those. You know, I've worked with those while I've been in schools. That kid's not going to fare well in the process. Students who are, yeah, I think the biggest one is students where I know, where families are coming to us as a proxy for a therapeutic intervention. And and I I will be really honest and say, these are the ways in which I think coaching can support certain habits, but what I am seeing and what I am hearing, you really need to be in a, in a, this child really needs some clinical intervention mm-hmm. and that could be paired. You know, we could do both at the same time. A lot of our kids work with therapists or in some cases I'm like, you need to go do that for six months and then come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Kids who don't want to change. 
I mean, that's that's the biggest, you know, it's not even about willingness. Like there, there's a, maybe it's different than willingness for coaching, but I think I've worked with some kids who don't actually want to change. Yeah. And I think those are some of the the rare moments where we will separate from clients, yeah. right? It's like, well, you know, we've given this some time. We've really tried some things, but it's kind of, become obvious it's becoming clear to me that this this isn't the right that we're not making progress and you don't seem like you want to at this time right and if that shifts and that changes like doors always open but it's not worth and i think that's that's a good learning moment for them of like we're not just gonna work with you indefinitely beating our heads against the wall mm-hmm. that's right or let's 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 shift focus and say okay I actually really want your help with this Mm -hmm. and this thing. I'm not ready Mm -hmm. to do this thing emotionally, practically, whatever it might be like, I can't address Mm -hmm. this thing. And then we let the parents know like, Hey, we're not, we're really shifting our focus to X. That's a real big difference between schools and what we can do. Right. Is because we can be really honest with parents in a, you know, in schools, you are obligated to serve all children. Mm -hmm. Here, it's not that we don't want to, but we can be really direct and honest to say, hey, this this piece of our work isn't working mm-hmm. or I'm not seeing the change. I'm hearing from you all that you're not seeing the change. Here are some ideas to try. And those ideas may include something other than us continuing to partner in this in this way. Yeah. Who's, I mean, most kids, I think maybe it's just like sort of a self-selecting group, right? Like the families who choose to talk to us are ones that have read over the, your website and are drinking the Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> so I don't feel like. I yeah, get, we don't get a lot. I don't, we don't, I, yeah. don't, I, don't I don't run into that too often. Right, right, right. I think, I think the parents who really like, and the families who are like, there's real value mm-hmm. in the type of coaching you're providing mm-hmm. because we are more interested in who our kid is going to be 30 years from now. Yeah. Versus just what they what do they in AP Calc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to buy into what we do more. But I, you know, I do think it's, I think it's clear from this conversation that coaching doesn't fit neatly into a container. Right? Well, I want to go back to what I was doing earlier. <laughs> oh, to your, to your, because I want to like, I think this will help people listening be like, okay, that all sounds philosophically nice, Meredith and Kathy, right. but like, again, it's a, it's a woo-woo. what, yeah. How woo-woo are you? I mean, to be clear, Kathy and I can be kind of woo-woo, but we're also pretty intellectually dorky, right? We like, I mean, I, I know you don't think you're that dorky. I mean, I know I'm much more dorky than you are, but <laughs> You're pretty dorky. Okay. So I'm looking at last week. So last week, just as a, like a sampling, I spent time in one of my meetings, literally meditating with a kid. In another meeting, I workshopped how to have a parent, uh, not a parent, a teacher meeting. Cause this kid is struggling in this class. Grades came out. They're not talking to the teacher and they don't know how to like what questions to ask. So we talked about that. I had several parent meetings where I sort of gave parents updates. I talked to a kid about how to have a challenge, like a conversation they needed to have with their parents about something kind of vulnerable and hard and, but they need to have it. And so we talked about how to do that. And we coached through that. I did some, I made a kid do a time study because they were, they thought that they were not on their phone as much as I knew they were. And so I made them do a time study and then track their morning and evening routines And then they were shocked to learn that they were spending, wait for it, on average, 11 hours a day on their phone. I was like, so remember when you said you didn't think you were on your phone that much? I proved some essays for some deferral letters. Yeah, that's a good sampling. Yeah, you have such a good memory. I'm like looking through. Well, because I had to see I had to see the names to like remember what the heck I was. I was like, it helps me to see the names. So I'm I'm looking at my calendar right now. I know, but even seeing the names, I'm like, what did I talk about last week? I talk about some summer planning. Yeah. And we talked about the kid I convinced to do therapy. <laughs> nice. That all, that one always feels like a that one. That was a good one. We worked on some college list stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a very Juniors. practical. Yes, I had a very practical 
week, last week. Oh, we talked about course scheduling. Oh, I did that That's last week. That's another one. Yep. <laughs> January stuff. Yeah. January feels very... January can feel, especially if you're juniors. oriented Juniors. Yeah. Yes. We Another summer program. This one I gave what for? I was like, you, your parents are going to give you some consequences for your lack of effort. Mm-hmm. towards your academics mm-hmm. get ready for that conversation how can i help you prep for that conversation because mm-hmm. it's coming mm-hmm. um and more oh this was a this was a college one but a good conversation around how to build a college list and what is going to be a good fit for you what does that actually look like what qualities are you looking for in a college and why and how to research I had a meeting where we were researching majors. Oh, yes. And that's our next topic, researching majors. Very. I have a lot of juniors this right now. so I'm sure do. You're chock full. I am chock full of juniors. That's true. <laughs> chock, full of, chock full of juniors. It's going to mean a summer full of essay reading. It sure is. Well, anyways, I hope this helps you understand. What, what the heck we do with your kids? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many different things. Constantly, because like as I was talking to one kid about his summer plans, he pulled up. I remember this last week. He's like, "Oh, I actually want to do this coding challenge," and mm, then fun. he started showing me a app that he was building. So, like you know, it goes all the places. I got into a very deep conversation about fishing lures <laughs> that I did, yeah, cool. to, uh, that I did not expect. I was like, "Wow, I feel like I know." Because it's fun. You know, one of the things that I think we, you and I, like that all the village coaches, like we learn a lot from kids, you know, because these kids are into all these different things. And this kid has all these, his fishing rods are on the ceiling of his room. Uh-huh. And so when we have our Zoom meetings, he had to like change locations. And so like the computer was moving and I saw all of his fishing rods and I knew he was a big fisher person. <laughs> fisher boy. A person of fish. <laughs> um, and... I don't know what I asked him. And then we had like the, the, we just got in, I learned a lot about fishing. But that's building rapport and trust because you're like, I'm genuinely curious about your life and the things that you're interested in. I often ask kids, what's that poster on your wall? Oh, totally. What is that? And then they'll be like, oh my God, you haven't heard about this anime? I'm like, no, tell me They more. always like when we <laughs> notice when they get haircuts. Oh, totally. I'm like, haircut on point, girl. Looks <laughs> good. Totally. I had that last week. And then they, my kid, I go, your hair looks so good. I was like, you just got a haircut. He's like, I know. It was so upsetting. He's like, I stood up in class and all this dandruff came out of my hair. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> I was like, oh, I have a kid whose dad- is making him get his hair cut and he has kind of like long surfer hair. And I was like, how do you feel about it? We had this whole conversation about his, his like identity with his hair. I was like, dude, I get it. I feel really strongly about my hair too. <laughs> well, that's another thing we do as coaches. We actually oftentimes share our own personal, like we are vulnerable with our kids too, right? Like yeah. we're like, these things were really hard for me. I can't yeah. really get that. Yeah. Right. So we do a lot of joining. Yeah. And a lot of like normalizing for other kids. Like I often talk about how with my experience of working with so many children, I'm like this thing that you're telling me that you think you're so weird for feeling and thinking. Let me tell you how many times just this week I've had that same conversation with other clients, right? Like that's something that- Everybody's really feeling the same way. Same insecurities, (sighs) same worries, 100%. I also have dandruff. Like I get it. No, you don't. Where? (laughs) But you know- I know, I know. Yeah. It was so he was so upset about his dandruff. Like he was like, "Oh Hilarious. my god!" He was like, "It was so embarrassing." All of this dandruff came out. Of, I was like, "I was not expecting for this conversation to go there." When I complimented you on your haircut, but it's you know pretty what? Funny. Well, I mean, he trusts you. Did. Yeah, because yeah. he he obviously trusts you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about this. My embarrassing dandruff. I'm like, honey, it's real dry right now. I was like, you know, just to moisturize a little bit more. You're fine. I know we do get we. <laughs> there is like. A lot of entertainment that comes with working with teenagers, I will say. So much. And it brings us so much joy. And I think it that ultimately that's what makes this a great job for us. And it, <laughs> it makes us effective because teens know, like, we are actually enjoying our time with them. We like helping them, even when we're giving them a hard time. Right? It's so fun we when we do the them. essay workshop because they're actually just all of our meetings for the most part. I know you have a, some kids come to your office, but from all my meetings are remote. Yep. 
And then, and then village students, village clients are often isolated from, it's not like they, they all they go to different schools, they yeah. live in different states, right? They don't see each other. And then sometimes they come together for this essay workshop. It's hilarious. It's so fun. Well, it's fun. And we're they'll like, be like, Meredith does that to you too? And they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, she's like yelled at me last week. It's like, well, you deserved it. No, so. <laughs> I'm always like, you're so tall. Oh, you're so little? <laughs> I had no idea. You're so petite. <laughs> I know, I know. They have like... Torsos. <laughs> You're like, wait. You so do we. I know. And the, oftentimes they see us and they're like, oh my God, you're so tall or you're so short. <laughs> I had no idea. It's so fun. We love our kiddos. We do. Don't we? I know. I feel yeah. lucky to do this work. Honestly. Yeah. And I feel really grateful for my students. And I try to tell them this a lot in our meeting. I'm like, no, like, I really appreciate how vulnerable you are. Like, that's hard. Like, that took so long. Like, thank you. Like, I feel really honored that you're sharing these things with me or that you're trusting me enough to talk to you about, like, where you're going to go to college, you know? Because I, I don't even. And you know what's another? One more thing I have to put a plug in for us. What? Because our kids respect us and I think they kind of love us. Yeah. They're kind of scared to disappoint us. Yeah, like, they get to that. Yeah, they kind of get to the point where they're like, "Oh, I, M- Meredith, I-, I need to do this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in a way that because, they don't do that for parents. Yeah, because yeah. they also know that it's not going to be shaming. No, it's going to be disappointment. It, it's going to be disappointment and nothing. You want to get a teenager in their feels? <laughs> Ooh, totally. Adult, they actually want to like adult. They want approval. They, they do. And they, they and they'll tune you out if you shame them. They'll be like, F you, right? Like, right. internally. But I feel like, you know, mm. I really, you know, if you say something like. I'm disappointed with that choice. Or just like, <laughs> it's, yeah, like, how are you feeling about the choice that you made compared to some of the choices you made last year? <laughs> and like, that's all you need to say. They're like, I know. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> It truly is. I mean, I'm not power tripping or anything, but it is so great to win the approval of a teenager and see how it can actually really help them grow as a person. Well, I think what what I hope what I hope we do is model that when you figure out a little bit about who you are and what you value, and then you orient your life like who you are and what you do and what you believe are in alignment, it can bring a lot of joy and satisfaction on a deep level. And so I think as coaches, we would say that that's a lot of what we've been able to do and what you've built with your business is, is the opportunity for yourself and others who worked in schools to be able to do that. And I hope like kids kind of, I don't know. I mean, this might be a little bit of a stretch for them, but I, I hope they can see that, you know, and be like, oh, actually if I orient purpose and values and I center those things, um, you know, Kathy seems like she's having kind of fun, like a lot of fun. Well, I think over time, it's like maybe in the moment they can't right now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. again, planting the seeds, one day they're going to be like, wait a minute. This wait is what Meredith was talking just about. one minute. Yeah, this is what she meant. It's happening. This is why she was nagging me. Totally. And it's awesome. It's so rewarding and wonderful. And anyways, we love it. And I hope this episode gives you a Yeah, peak. demystifies what, like, what the heck we do. Because it's, I mean, we know what we do, but it's hard. You're right. It is a little hard to distill. Yeah, you it, you can't just put it into a chart like this happens and then this happens and That's then right. this happens and then this happens and then your kid is fine. <laughs> Ta-da. No, it doesn't yeah. look like that. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. If you have more questions about coaching, you can call us. Meredith and I will tell you all about it. All about it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>